Welcome back, Star Wars fans. This is the Star Wars Universe podcast, and today myself and Ashley Coffin are continuing our conversation about The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 5. All that more after a commercial break we have no control over. Hello again. This is Matthew, your host. As I said, I'm joined by Ashley Coffin. Uh, last week, I was traveling. I was at PAX East, which was an awesome experience, but I couldn't get online to record. And so Ashley was willing to take the lead along with Paul. <laughs> Thank you so much. How was that uh, recording on it last week? It was fun. It was it was great to get on with Paul again. Him and I haven't gotten a chance to record anything in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy that he he took my plea. I was, you know, I sent him a raven and everything went really well. <laughs> Awesome! Awesome! Yeah, well done. And we had well a good done. Time and we like, we enjoyed the episode, so it was it was a good conversation. Cool. We cool. commandeered well, I, the ship. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, as always, you 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 returned it without a scratch, as far as I can tell. Even the navigational disc is still on it. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to jump into uh, this episode. What'd you kind of think overall? We had a lot going on. I mean, I hate to start to feel like a broken record, but God, I loved it. Like I really yeah. did. I really did. I. I'm a sucker for action and they just fed me. I felt fed. I was served. It was great. Um, I like where the story's going. Mm -hmm. I was worried in the beginning that it was going to be an episode all about um, the character that we met earlier in the series. What's his name? The, the, Oh, the pirate king. No, no, no. The, Oh, the the X-wing pilot, uh, Carson Tava. Yes. Yes. Um, not that I wouldn't absolutely enjoy a whole episode of him, but I know there's mm-hmm. only so many episodes of Mandalorian. It's like, it's okay to do that during Boba Fett, but yeah. I, don't, I don't want any more non-Mandalorian episodes. Um, so I'm glad that it didn't go that way. And, and I mm-hmm. felt very satisfied with where it went. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I think I felt the same. I think, you know, they have given us a lot of great pirates over the years. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Han Solo and that whole smuggler division, and also in, in some of the TV shows I know that you haven't seen, especially in animation, some great, great characters. One of them becomes Cad is Cad Bane, who we did get to see in Book of Boba Fett. Another is Hondo Anaka. There's just a lot of these great characters, some of whom are outright pirates. Okay, cool. Walking Seaweed Man is not who I'm going to list among their ranks. No. Uh, his name is Gorian Shand Shard. He is the Pirate King. <laughs> he has not sung Bill Gilbert and Sullivan, as I think someone who calls themselves a Pirate King should. Um, and frankly, I just kept waiting for him to take a piece of seaweed and drape it across his face like a mustache so he could twirl it. <laughs> uh, the only thing I noticed, I was like, wow, that CGI is great. And that's all I took from that character. Yeah. <laughs> the CGI of him was great. The CGI of Zeb was great. Who? Here, have you heard about this Easter egg that we got? No, but I'm sure... So do you remember when when that X-Wing pilot, um, Carson, was talking to other pilots, there was one who was a larger alien who's kind of like purplish. At the bar. Yeah. Yes. So that's a character named Zeb, uh, Zeb Aurelios, who is one of the stars of Rebels. Oh, really? And so people are really excited about that then. They're very excited. The voice that's actor so was the fun. same. Oh, good. Um, it was so great. And I just felt like... It was just a wonderful moment. Like again, like you didn't lose anything by not knowing who he was. Not it was at all. a throwaway thing. But I was yeah, of surprised he, would be he there. didn't go with him with how he was talking. I was like, oh, I was too. That was like it was a noticeable scene, 
And then yeah. it didn't like the fact that he just was like, oh, I'm not going to go. I was like, that's weird. Like that really felt like we were starting something. But yeah. the fact that now knowing that that is a, a love character, that makes a lot of sense now. That's yeah. awesome. And it made me so happy. But I will say, I feel like his special effects budget was dead on. The special effects budget for Mr. Seaweed Man, I thought he looked ridiculous, but it was very well done. <laughs> I thought some of the other aliens looked pretty bad. It was a little clay, like mushy, like clay. Clay and like something about the Trandoshan, who was like the the lizard person who was like on their ship helping and firing the guns. He was very, he just, the paint, yeah. He looked like he was like original serious Star Trek alien, you know, <laughs> like just wearing a bad like plastic helmet or clay helmet. I'll always um, take no seat, like costumes and like. Mm-hmm. masks and makeup over cgi so i did Agreed. kind of appreciate that um but if you cgi the eyes it all ends up yeah. looking like a cartoon so yeah yeah that's fair you're right yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fair but other than that that was my little gripe i did love the and, and you know the pirates were what the pirates were we don't every villain doesn't have to be a great vil- like you know ethically deep and morally gray some are just pirates and you just got to blow them up and i thought the <laughs> The fight scenes were really satisfying. The whole, like, get the team together was really satisfying. Yeah. Uh, when It's funny. It's like, save that CGI money for when we do the space jumps. Because one of my favorite shots in the entire uh, episode was the Mandalorians going through jump space to show up at the planet. And I just was like, wow, that looked so yeah. good. They're doing so well. But I, I love the, the conversation they had in their, you mm-hmm. know, Mandalorian cave. Um, but I remember when that guy was talking, I was like, there's no way he's gonna really be like, no, let's not. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was, I was like very happy with it. I don't care how cheesy it was. I was happy. <laughs> I loved it. And, and again, there, I think just from what we've seen, we know how important it is. I think it's also worth saying that his clan, the Vizsla clan and Bo-Katan's clan, the Kree's clan, they've had rivalry going back generations. Uh, including oh. to when her sister Sati- Sa- Sabine was ruling, uh, Satine was ruling. I'm sorry, but all the other things. And so yeah, so for him to stand up for her, you're right. It was, it was a really beautiful moment, and I, I loved too that we get like Mando gives this original initial speech, and I remember like I wrote in my notes. You know, he's a halfway decent leader. He's a good. He gives a good speech. But he just kind of – he's the appetizer, you know, and then she gives that speech about, like, why they need to do this. And I was like, you know what? She, I will she sounds follow like a ruler. you anywhere. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I am actually really excited about where we are with her character that now she gets to take her helmet off because I said to Ken, I was like, she has mastered sexy walk in this Mandalorian outfit like nobody else has. She mm-hmm. saunters. And I'm like, Katie Sackoff. Yes, serve. She, um, but now I, I was shocked at that scene at the end. Are we jumping yeah. all over too much or do you want to? Yeah, no, this is fine. <laughs> I mean, the thing was, this episode was, it was mostly action and it was it fun was. action. I loved it. But, you know, we're not the podcast to be like, oh, yeah, and then this laser blast was great. And then this was great. So, <laughs> yeah, let's just jump over the character moments and all, all the things we thought were cool. I loved that. Uh, what is her name? They call her like the. Uh, the, the armor. The armor. I was like, the Smitty, the armor. <laughs> Uh, it's surprising that she would make a turn like that when she has been just so earnest and, you know, this is mm-hmm. the way, this is how we do things. But yeah. for her to realize that, no, we have to, if we're going to get our numbers back and if we're going to get our people back and reclaim Mandalore, 
in whatever version that means, we have to bring everybody in. And I don't know. I thought she was tricking her. I was like, don't do it, girl. Don't yeah. do it. The second you do it, she's going to be like, get out of here. But she didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And I love that she she doesn't say you claim to have seen the mythosaur. She doesn't say you she just says you saw the mythosaur. Like there's no doubt in her mind. I didn't think she um, believed her. Well, so here's the question I want to ask. The question is kind of how cynical should we be about this? Because on the one hand, I could see this that the armorer does believe in these things. And, you know, there's a whole discussion that's been going on about like, you know, is this group too rigid? And I think it's awesome when a group can be like, no, new information is coming to us. We need to adjust. And and this whole idea of the new way, I can fully believe that the armorer is like, this is the way to go. We need to adjust our beliefs. Mm-hmm. On a more cynical level, the armorer wants to rebuild the Mandalorians. She wants to rebuild Mandalore. And I think she's also just seen very clearly, Bo-Katan is someone people will follow into battle. Mm-hmm. And so my cynical side is, is she looking at this and thinking, I'm hitching my wagon to that star. And if I have mm-hmm. to talk her up like a prophet, and if I have to bend some of the things, well, this will bring her into my circle of influence. And maybe I can convince her to put the helmet back on. Like, she I, I really wanted to, to be the first. It. I mean, she yeah. got her to conform, if that's the word we want to use, and, mm-hmm. you know, be a part of it. And um, I could see her doing it with others. But as long as she keeps it as like a voluntary thing, I think it's yeah. OK. But as if they start getting like, you know, mm-hmm. mean about it. Yeah. Well, so let's let's yeah. I I think that there may be a little bit of cynicism there, but I, I think I come down with it. She is a believer in a lot of ways about this, and that's awesome. And um, where where are you kind of feeling about the children to watch in general now? Because this has been a big debate online this week, especially after last week. Was you know a lot of people really want them to be seen as this kind of like fundamentalist religious sect and a commentary on that. Other people are like, no, they're awesome. Um, you know, and I I think. A lot of us started the season thinking it was going to be all about sort of us against that group. And instead, it's become about this melding. How how, how are you feeling about them? Well, after this episode specifically, it seems like if they can start to be more open to not pushing what they think onto other Mandalorians who are not doing. Mm -hmm. It's very religious. (laughs) It's very religious, like uh, what they're doing and just be open to them about it, that it'll work out. But, uh, you know. I didn't think for a second there was any underlying things until you just put that in my head. And now I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, what? If, yeah, I know. I hate, I hate, I, I, I'm like, I don't want to be cynical. I don't actually no, think that's true, but I'm also making a convincing case, like, it, as I said it. One thing I felt about this episode is everything went too well. You know what I mean? I don't know yeah. if that's just too much Game of Thrones in my life or whatever shows I've watched where things horribly go wrong. Even when Carl Weathers was giving his speech, I thought he was going to get shot. I kept going to Ken. I was like, oh my God. Something's going to yeah. happen. Something's going to happen. And then I thought that uh, Bo-Katan was in trouble. I was like, mm-hmm. she's going to be like, I got you doing something or pulling yeah. her. I-, I was negative the whole way through. And I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, it can't just be me. This all went way too well. Yeah. I mean, I think we're definitely going to have, like, because this is not all the Mandalorians by any means. And there's still a big fight to take back Mandalore. And... I, so I imagine that, you know, we still got a ways to go in this season and that there's a lot still to happen. But yeah, I 
I'm okay with the fact that, like, you know, that we didn't see Vizsla. Like, like I am 100%. If Vizsla turns out to be just faking so he can betray them, I'll be really pissed. Like, I do not. I believe he is. He's like, yeah, you rescued my son. Yeah, I'm, he seems. I'm with you, you know? He's a, he's with it. Um, But I'm very confused about the ending with the right. speaking of other Mandalores, like finding or Mandalores, Mandalorians finding the uh, piece of armor, the Vescar mm-hmm. in the ship, like. I do you want is that something I'm missing or do you know what that is? No, I have no idea what that is. I don't know if that's um you know we uh yeah. I I mean we know there were we lots of other Mandalorians running around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh certainly the the client way back in season one, the person who was basically working for Moff Gideon, but who wanted Grogu so bad. He had Beskar in like raw form, but still he had Beskar mm-hmm. that he was able to sell to the Mandalorian. And presumably, you know, like when they bombed the the planet of Mandalore so badly, they looted it as well. And so it's around. Uh, it's around. I think certainly we know that there are at least there were a couple of the other of the um I, I think it's children of the not children of the owl, but oh no, the night owls. That's the name of like Bo Katan and her group. You know, she's got the owl painted on her, oh. her armor. There were the two that were with her last season. I said and that so again. That, he was like, they're dead. I go, no, they're not dead. Yeah, but it could be one of those. It could. I mean, I certainly got the impression that there were like hundreds of others who she was trying to marshal into an army yeah. with the Darksaber. And, and it is interesting to me that the Darksaber has been totally forgotten in all this. And But again, it, it makes – as someone who's a student of religion, I, I think it's very interesting how there are traditions today that we look back on and we forget that at the time they were happening, no one was like, no, this is the way it's always going to be. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. So you have this group who really believes in keeping on your helmets and you have this group who really believes in like the sword is what matters. And yeah, we're going to see what happens. And it might be that in a thousand years, no one remembers the story of the sword because it turned <laughs> out to be useless. Or it might be that they're going to like that there's going to be the children of the dark blade and the children of the um, you know, the helmet or the watch, you know, or whatever. And like, there's going to be these different groups. And I think on a different episode, I'm going to specifically just talk about the Mandalorians as a religion and looking at them through and specifically as a religion in diaspora, mm. you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, what I just feel like is that they're really, they're not saying they're a fundamentalist cult and they're evil. They're not saying that they're awesome and good and right. They're saying, there are a bunch of people who've had their planet blown up and are trying to cling to whatever of their traditions they can and raise foundlings in this way that a lot of us might look at askance and have some problems with. But it's what they're doing and it's who they are. And they're not trying to make a moral judgment about it. They're just saying who they are. And I I kind of love that for Star Wars. Yeah, it's fun. It's 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 a very interesting um, idea. And for them to this season be like, oh, we're going to accept other people in let's try to you know build this thing now that they have a home kind of again on navarro yeah i do think that it's really cool because the whole time you're like where are we going with this you know there's a handful of you living in a cave this can't be great yeah it's not ideal there's dragons and there's crocodiles and they're the size of king kong and you got to get out of there (laughs) yeah and and they were on navarro before i mean that's where they were back when uh, in season one, when they had the covert. Well, so I was thinking, I was like, now she has to rebuild that whole thing somewhere else. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, the forge. The forge yeah. has to keep. I, I hope they have like a kit at this point. Like they just have like, like a case that goes in. Relocate this to there. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how it works. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea, though, is that even Nav- Navarre is supposed to be temporary, that, that they're going back to Mandalore. 
Oh, then, well, that's what she meant by we're, we're going to retake Mandalore because they went down there and yeah. said that it's okay, kind of. <laughs> yeah, and and there's a mythosaur somewhere around there. So, I mean, I, you know, kind of like what we had with the, um, I want to say the Gorgon, or if that's not it, um, the, the Rancor. You know, oh, once yeah. that Rancor showed up, especially when Boba, you knew he had to ride it by the end of the last episode. <laughs> and, like, I think we know that either the Armorer or Bo-Katan has to ride the mythosaur. By the end of the season. Are those like traditionally rideable? Did the Mandalorians like ride them into battle or no? I think no one really knows. Okay. I think it's, it's, but I think there are legends about people riding them into battle. Okay. Then yes. But yeah. <laughs> and but I hope lost. it's Bo-Katan. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. She's agreed. our, uh, what do they say in Dune? I can't remember. <laughs> the guy who, oh God, the Timothy Chalamet's character who rides the, uh, the sandworm. Oh yes, I. You're the Dune expert. I know not it's me. like Milchere. <laughs> yeah, yes, but yeah, out. no. I would like it. I, 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 I have really loved the direction of going with her character, and I think it's been really exciting. And I, I just, I love. I don't get why people don't like the show. Like, I understand if, if the whole thing on course on was your thing. Like the show. Lots of people have been saying it's gone backwards. It's not exciting. The internet it's, anymore. Yeah, no, I think you're you're better off. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. always judge it by Ken because Ken is my real world mm-hmm. person who won't just like it to like it. Like I'm like, oh, there's yeah. lightsabers. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. And you know what? He's been enjoying this season, so I, I yeah. go off him. Yeah. F the haters. Right. <laughs> well, I have a question for you about the future of Star Wars that we'll ask in our Patreon section. Ooh. This will be a short episode, but I think there wasn't too much to talk about. Uh, are there any of the last things you wanted to comment on though or bring up? No, I'm just super excited for Bo-Katan. Like, like I said, I was worried that something was going to go wrong the entire time. Everything was going right. And I was yep. just really relieved to have stuff go right for once, which makes me also yeah. worried that stuff's going to start to go horribly wrong. But uh, we'll see where she's going. And uh, so far, she's been my favorite like new character heroine to to love. And yeah. I know that a lot of people have loved her for a long time. I don't know if she was as likable on on the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I love her and yeah, she's great. Yeah. I, and again, I think that's it, it's why I think you're such a good guest for the show, because I just I love getting to hear that because for me, yeah, she has so much nostalgia tied up with her. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, yeah, she does some terrible things, but I think she's had a real redemption arc. And I think it's been great seeing her go in this direction. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just excited to see that. Uh, and I will say also the one last thing we haven't touched on because we got into that best car armor thing, but also Moff Gideon has escaped. Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured, right? Yeah. Yeah. You figured he was going to. Well, they but said like, it earlier. He was like, you never showed up for trial. I was like, shocker. <laughs> yeah. I thought that might mean that because we know that like some Imperial officers are like still, you know, have, have like basically penetrated into the new Republic bureaucracy that maybe like there'd been some some shenanigans there, but having him just be flat out that ship attacked. Yeah. Uh, probably it wasn't inside job, but still it was like, oh, okay. okay. So he's, he's loose again. So we'll see. But he doesn't have a dark saber. Nope. Do not have the dark saber yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so good. No, actually, I want him to take it back and then let Bo-Katan kill him and then take yeah. it. Uh, yeah. That would be my dream uh, <laughs> ending for, what is it, eight episodes we have here? Yeah. And I kind of... I don't know because I, I'm not trying. I'm trying not to get too theological here, but like I, I really believe in ideas where you want to follow the spirit of the law much more than just the exact letter of the law. Um, mm. You know, um, I've talked before about how half of my family is Jewish, and um, 
So I'm not Jewish religiously, but I grew up in that and the cultures and traditions. And one of the traditions in Judaism is that at Yom Kippur, which is this very holy day in uh, the fall, you're supposed to fast all day. Like that is the rule. And But also the overarching rule in pretty much all of Judaism is is life and that life is sacred and life is to be protected. Um, it, not in the pro-life way. Judaism is very clear about when life begins and it's not a fetus. <laughs> but that life uh, is, you know, is, is sacred and to be protected at all costs. So if you are someone who could endanger your health, you are actually specifically forbidden to fast because, yes, following the letter of the requirement will be really bad for you and you're not supposed to do that. And so, you know, when it was a couple episodes ago or last season when, like, Din took his helmet off because if he doesn't, he's never going to get – he's not going to rescue a foundling, which is supposed to be their primary mission. And also him and comedian guy who was with him Bo are Burr. both going to die. <laughs> Bo Burr, thank you. And they never ask – they never give him a chance to say, like, yes, you had a legit reason to do it. It's just like, no, you shouldn't do it. And so – and to me, that's where it becomes more cult-like when yeah. it is that that specific and, and, and fundamentalist. Agreed. And so seeing the armorer bend on that and seeing like, no, maybe – shocked. Yeah, like it was great, but seeing like, no, maybe there is this other way and we're going to keep our helmets on, but you're not. And maybe this is OK. Like, yeah, that's that's what I want to see. And there was a connection to the original thing we're talking about that I can't remember the slightest. Uh, <laughs> but oh, no, yeah, j just it, further, because I feel like I wonder if she can now do kind of the same thing of like, look, just Mando, just give me the I'm going to punch you in the face. You're going to give me the dark saber. It's going to be fine. Just give it you to know? me. I don't think like, he wants to give it up, though. I think he's good. But he still doesn't know how to use it. She's so good with yeah. it. Just give it to her. Maybe just like... And then I want gets them to get married. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I The way she was sitting in that chair read major bisexual vibes back a couple episodes That's ago. That's true. There's, there's been, and, and there was some chemistry, I thought, with her and the armorer. There, there's a big push in that direction. <laughs> I could see that happening. I, I don't... Forget about the sexualities of either character. I don't really love her and Din together, but I can totally understand where that's coming from. So I, I, I got no problem with people who ship it. It's just I'm, I'm a, a bow armor kind of person. Okay. So, all right. Well, uh, what are you up to these days for people who want to follow Ashley? Because you're all over Stranded Panda. You got a bunch of different podcasts you're doing. Where can people find you? Uh, you can always find me at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast on all the things, and then my baby is Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, where we dissect movies from beginning to end how they're made what it's about what you know all the things um mm -hmm. very fun we just covered young frankenstein so it's not just har har frankenstein frankenstein <laughs> as he prefers to be called <laughs> yeah i'm i i grew up on that movie i love it i'm really excited to hear what you have to say about it so it's definitely check out all the things ashley's doing I'm sorry I interrupted you, though. That's was it. Nope, that was it. Okay. <laughs> MCU cast, uh, Terror Theater. And just check out all the things on Stranded Panda. They have a new podcast that's coming out about the multiverse. And it's all about, like, talking about upcoming news of, of shows and things like that. It's all it's basically, like, therefore, in my mind, all spoilers. So I'm not going to go near it with a 10-foot pole. But I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So check out all things Stranded Panda. You go to strandedpanda.com to do that. And, of course, check out the other things going on with my podcast. We've been doing coverage of The Last of Us. Uh, I just watched all of Shadow and Bone and talked about that. Uh, I just watched all of Severance, which is one hell of a, a mind teaser that um, I was not expecting. <laughs> my partner and I put the first episode on at about 5 o'clock thinking, we're in the middle of a video game binge all day, but our food just got here. Let's watch one episode and then we'll go back to the video game. 
Nine hours later, we got to the end of the first season, and we're like, wow, what the hell just happened? <laughs> um, but you can find that, and most importantly, all the ways to support this podcast uh, through Patreon. I'm sorry. You can find the ways to support this podcast, Patreon and all that, but most importantly, all the ways to give us feedback. I love to hear from you. Uh, love listener feedback, conversations. We've had some great conversations on TikTok and Twitter recently. You can find all the ways to contact us right there on theethicalpanda.com. So please check all of that out. Check out strandedpanda.com. Most importantly, have a great day. We have spoken. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Yeah. Well, that's the show I'm at. That's but right behind mm-hmm. the uh, acolyte is the Ahsoka yeah. show. I can't wait. I, think that's I just really want to know when that's, that's coming out. I know. Um, um, Aaron, I'm very excited. Who's the, uh, the person who's been helping with Bad Batch? She's an Ahsoka cosplayer. She's dive real deep in that character. She's going to be on some of those episodes. I'd love to get you on for some of those episodes. Like I think that's going to be one that everybody has something to say about. So um, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, no, I hear that. I know there was talk about Ryan mm-hmm. John. I, this might be heresy, especially to an MCU person. Because I know the MCU is doing this so much now. Everyone's trying to follow along. We're getting so many like, oh, we announced this project, but especially in Star Wars. But I think everyone's doing a little bit of this. They're trying to cancel some projects or change some projects. I wish that they were just like, you know what? Until we actually start filming something, we're not going to tell you anything. You know, just like. I'm cool with that, too. Yeah. I don't need D plus day. I don't need all that stuff. I don't care. Yeah. What yeah. the when, next 15 like, movies are. I used Just to love. Let me know like, when you start production. Age, I agree. This, but I used to love going to the movies and then I'd go to a preview and I'd spend the first 15 seconds being like, wait, is this it? Like, I remember when the Hunger Games previews came out and I, I kind of vaguely knew they were making a movie. But um, I was like, wait, wait, is this? Oh, my God. It's the Hunger Games. This is so great. You know, and and same with Star Wars, same with some Star Trek stuff. And I would just. <laughs> We're never going to get back to that, but I, I don't – tell me what you're shooting already. That's that's what I most want to no. know. So. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a trailer for something, then it's done. I don't need this timeline that you might change because, oh, the they – See, that's where the MCU went wrong. They're like, we're going to have the Blade movie. Yeah. We're going to have this and everything's going to tie in. And now they're changing. And it's like, don't put those yeah. precedent. Like you you aimed for the sun, Icarus. You got to yeah. reel it back, baby. So, but I still think they'll know what, like they know what they're doing. Um, I think now that James yeah. Gunn is over at DC, they're going to have some mm-hmm. competition because I think he's very competent. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, I yeah. want the DC like, movies to start being like the, like, I just want everything to be great. That's all fire. If they're firing people, you know, sure I know for a reason. Panda, like the MCU, you know, I don't know show, what's going on the over there, but I know so there's a lot, lot of drama MCU people in there. And I, I love the MCU, but every now and then there's a little bit of like MCU. This is the greatest thing ever. And everything DC sucks. And it's like, um, right. And, and until, no, I love like, Batman. Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I love Batman so much. You stack so up much. the Marvel movies <laughs> versus the DC movies, and, and Marvel's the junior varsity. Like, they're not getting it done in the same way. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway. I wanted to hear that. It will be great when, when all the stuff comes out. <laughs> we can talk about it then. But, Ashley, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this. To all of our listeners, thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.